Hey everybody, Thomas, your Dungeon Master here for iCast Fireball. You have been following the adventures of the Jank Squad, Lance Thalen, Fleeple, and Malamara. But this week, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to give you a little prelude into the next leg of the Jank Squad's adventures. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this bonus episode of I Almost Cast Fireball. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's special episode of I Cast Fireball. The episode title I'm calling I Almost Cast Fireball, and you'll see why when we get into it. I'm Thomas, your DM, and today we have a special surprise for all of you. We Around the table, we have... Mortaro Gunaman and Brick. Brick Smith. <laughs> These are our characters that will be joining us for today's mini adventure, but let's go and get everybody's names as well. I'm Heather. Caleb Anderton, longtime listener, first time player. <laughs> Heather, Caleb, thank you for joining me on today's episode. I'm so excited to have both of you join us and to just really explore and really create something a little bit new, a little bit unusual here. Super excited. I'm so excited, guys. Now, for our listeners, this is going to be kind of our session zero leading up to the crossover episode. This is our session zero, or I like to call it 0.5 for both Heather and Caleb to help lead us into that crossover episode. And this is where we are going to establish what is Wisteria Vale like? Now, Heather, what was your character again? Mortaragunamin. Wow. Okay. Do you mind if I call you Mortar? Mortar is great. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I'll call you Mortar. And Caleb, what was your character's name? Brecken Bartham Smith. Uh, you can call him Breck. Sounds kind of like brick. Brick and mortar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Brick and mortar. All right. That's that's amazing. Okay. Well, to lead into this, uh, previously we had already leveled up our, our new friends, Brick and Mortar, to level 10. And I gave them each a couple magic items of their own to help complement the level set that they have. What those magic items are, they might have already come out. They might come out a little bit uh, in a future episodes. Keep those a little bit of a mystery just for now. Now, they might even come out during this session zero, but I wanted to ask both Heather and Caleb, in particular the players, Wisteria Vale. Now, we had talked a little bit off the microphone of what we thought was going to happen or what, how, how you two characters ended up in this magical land. I mean, it's no surprise to our listeners and to us that Wisteria Vale is a somewhat demi-plane hidden inside a book. And the reasons for that book, both of you know fairly well. To go through this session zero, do you want to go through just like a literal morning, minute by minute, or do you want to play out through like a week or a month of how, like, how do you want to help establish what brick and mortar are doing on a day-to-day -day basis? Do you want to go through just six hours, or do you want to go through 60 or 600 hours, so to speak? I'm thinking let's go through a full week. A week? Got it sunrises get up and this is the day i happen with some short interaction with maybe some of the npcs around town uh, just to jump right into it some of these npcs are a little bit strange they uh really are if you if brick and mortar had maybe played video games they could really feel that these were actual npcs from a video game because some of their movements are a little static and some of these uh, uh their responses are a little bit canned but there are those few individuals that seem to have a sense of self-will or a sense of sentience beyond some of the maybe more common npcs of the town oh you wake up on a monday morning here and brick and mortar uh you wake up in your house your hovel I mean, uh, uh, what does it look like? Or what, what do you? What are some things that you see around? Obviously, you're in your bed, and you probably have to have some sort of a kitchen, but uh, what are some defining characteristics that you think brick and mortar would have made sure their living quarters would have? And for this, let's go ahead and start with mortar. I would make sure that 
My room and Breck's room is the same room and our beds are the exact same size because I am also a dwarf. Although I am not biologically a dwarf, I just think I am. And this would be a great time to introduce our characters. What is your character like here, Brick? Or Mortar, I should say. Getting him mixed up already. I am a minotaur. A huge six foot, seven inch minotaur, long horned, long fur, dark golden brown with blonde highlights. Ooh, natural blonde highlights. There's no there's no messing up, there's no dying of the fur for you. It's all natural beauty there. It is. It's all natural. Just came from my mother and my father's side. It's kind of it almost looks like a calico cat. A little bit of red in there, maybe. Excellent. And you mentioned your mother and father. Uh, so uh, you were able to know them to some degree to, to know this information? This is what Mortar has made up in his mind. He never met his mother and father except at birth. He was stripped away from them. Okay. And we all know that we can remember everything from birth perfectly, so... <laughs> So Mortar, having perfect recall, knows for a fact at birth before he was stripped away that his highlights and that he gets it from his mother and father's side. But he also believes that it was a god playing a blessing on him so he looked like his brother Brick. And so Mortar, as you stand up in this very short room, I mean, I you said you're what, six feet tall? Seven, or was it seven feet? Six, seven Six, six, seven. As you stand up, your your fists touch the ceiling, and they act, you actually have to curl them because it's exactly like Brick's room, and so it's not quite tall enough for you to stretch out completely. And as a result, you see, you look up at the ceiling as your hands touch the roof, the wooden roof, and there's a lot of jagged marks in there where your long horns have gotten stuck because you've stood up too fast or you've you've maybe done some calisthenics in here and so they you've had to scrape them off or patch some wood above you to replace some of the holes that you've punched in there. But you look around to your small quaint little room, the bed one of the legs has broken off again, which is not uncommon. So you, you just throw an, a little bit of brick under there to prop it up. And uh, yeah, you uh, kind of look around, uh, very proud-like, and your, your snout. Ooh, more, a brick must be making some sort of breakfast for, for both of you. What a, what a great brother he is. And you rush out into the, the kitchen, almost forgetting to turn your head slightly to make sure that the horns get through the doorway but you do make it into the doorway here and you come across brick in the kitchen and brick what sort of a meal or like how how have you approached this day to where you have created breakfast for your brother mortar uh yeah so when you take a look at at brick over here he is almost wider than he is tall just like four foot nothing extremely broad and kind of squarish and roundish and just like you know short and stocky to the max um even for dwarves and his hair uh and he has a lot of it just long absolutely golden wild and curly all the way down uh, to about his waist from his head, his beard as well. Sometimes he'll kind of tuck it into his belt, but it's also just wild and curly. Same with the mustache, which is very distinct, and the eyebrows even as well, and the arm hair and everything. When Brekir turns around, you see nothing but his nose, just a roundish, squarish, red nose sticking out of this tangle of hair, and that's really all you can see of his face on any given moment, really, unless uh, he's making special effort to open his eyes really wide so you can see his his shining green eyes under there. <laughs> Excellent. Or when he parts the hair. Another reason Mortar knows they're related. Yes, the and green Mortar, eyes. You have you have allowed your hair to come down very much like a not quite i don't want to demean mortar to the part of like being like a bearded border collie how like 
uh, how, how the hair like covers the eyes, but like you've allowed that really to just grow out as long as possible to also try and like cover. And your nose is so pronounced, there's no way that it's going to be blocked because it's just, I mean, it's a long jowl there. But Brick has uh, <laughs> definitely are in the kitchen here. And uh, Brick, what sort of meal have you made today? He's, you know, walking around in uh, nothing but his long johns and an apron out here. And he's, you know, cooked um, cooked up some tomatoes and some sausages and some nice crispy bacon. Um, maybe found a few eggs. Just a very hearty breakfast like he knows his little brother likes. <laughs> Excellent. So there does seem to be this familiar relationship between the two of you, despite your wide differences in races. And uh, as much as you try to normalize it, even your physical appearance as well, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, oh, good morning, buddy. Glad you're here. I made your favorite. Oh... Oh, Brick, that was so thoughtful. <gasps> One second. And he runs to the front door. Before he goes out, he kneels down and he puts his arms above his head, kind of in a, like, hallelujah type of thing. And he says, Lathander, please don't let the garden be gone. And he rushes outside. Oh, there he goes. Oh, oh, and I'll just look up also and say a, a little, you know, mutter a prayer to myself and say, Listen, Lathander, it would really be good today if he could keep his garden for more than a few days. He wants things to grow. <laughs> so definitely is some sort of worship being uttered towards this god. What was this god again? Uh, it is Lathander. Uh, the goddess of birth and rebirth, and yeah, we're a couple of life clerics here. Ooh, life clerics. Okay, sounds good. Okay, so the god of Lethander, Lethander, earth and rebirth. Okay, so Mortar, you rush out to the garden, and as you rush out, oh, you sigh a, a deep, deep uh, breath here. It looks like your garden is still there, and uh, it's been it's been there for surprisingly about a month. So you've really got some good things shooting forth. You even have like some nice flowers and uh, um, there are some very early on vegetables that are out there. And uh, uh, so you should be able to go and pick a few if you'd like, but your your little plot of land outside of your house, it's your little hovel here. It's it's intact, at least for another day. And it's, it's odd because why your garden just disappears at night sometimes it's it's a little unclear and whenever that happens it's very clear that it's not just your garden it's the forest as well leaves will have started to change and all of a sudden it'll it will revert back to what they were at a certain point in time and so it, it will sometimes it even got into fall almost into winter and then all of a sudden it just went right back to summer and seemed to begin right again and then right again over and over but it hasn't been, done that for at least a month so that's uh, your garden has started to flourish as it once did mortar is going to see this and he's going to just like get elated and do almost like a three-year-old happy dance right there where his feet move move faster just in place and his hands are like shaking by his head and he's like ah! and he goes and he picks some petals of um some chrysanthemums that he sees and he takes the petals and he starts placing them one by one almost ritual like around the garden and then when he completes that he kneels down and he says Lathander thank you Thank you that birth didn't start today. And he's going to rush into the garden. <laughs> and he's going to rush into the garden. And he's going to hurry and pick things. Almost feeling like they might get sucked into the ground as he's picking them. So he's going to do it really fast. And he finds some parsley and some green onions and is there any fruit that he sees? There is one tiny little mini strawberry that is mostly green, 
mostly green, but a little bit of red. He picks that right away and then just <laughs> grabs a whole handful of flowers. In doing so, he picks up the bush with it. So it's like a big bouquet. And he rushes inside as fast as he can, fearing that these will disappear before he gets inside. <laughs> and rightly so, because that renewal or that rebirth, as you have stated yourself, Mortar, it doesn't just happen when you go to bed and wake up. Sometimes it happens in the middle of a transaction, while you're do- while you're doing something, uh, while you're uh, uh, ho- hoeing the ground. The rebirth sometimes happens right in the middle of the day. And so you'll just randomly wake up and go, oh, rightly so. There is that sense of urgency. But now that you've picked it, ah, things are a little bit better. I noticed that it was still there. In fact, that's where I got uh, the tomatoes from for breakfast. I hope you don't mind. Oh, Rick, you are a clever, clever man. (laughs) Thank you, Mortar. All right, sit down. We're about to have a good meal. Oh, oh, this... This for you. I know you have been waiting for it for a long time. And he hands him the strawberry. Oh, Morty, how'd you know these were my favorite? Your red nose tells me everything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And you have a wonderful breakfast, a wonderful meal, chatting about the things that you're going to do. And uh, uh, Brick, your armor might actually get finished today. And so you're going to go down to the local smith and uh, see if it's finished up and if uh, you could pick it up yourself and see if you could hold on to it. And uh, Mortar, you are going to finish the renovation on the house, the renovation that you happen to start right before the rebirths started to occur. So whenever a rebirth happens, the renovation also um, gets undone. And so it's as soon as the rebirth happens, the uh, room that you're adding on just goes back to its half-finished state. And so before you start up on it again, you usually wait a week to make sure that the rebirth is is per- is more permanent before you start on the renovations again. <laughs> um, but a, a wonderful day, uh, a wonderful breakfast, and you break off. Uh, Brick, as you go into the town proper here in Wisteria Vale, it's the same exact situation as you start to rise the hill. You know that Wisteria Vale is no more than literally a hundred feet from your house. But for some odd reason that has just become accustomed to you, you can't see Wisteria Vale from your own hovel. And it's there's this hill that is between you and Wisteria Vale. And for reasons unbeknownst to you, but as you walk up this hill, the same scene unfolds the exact same way, regardless of rebirth or not, every single morning, there's a bird that chirps up a little yellow canary that chirps over to your shoulder and uh, chirps at your nose and just like uh, starts to sing. And you even see it do like a little bit of a bow, which you're very familiar with. And uh, the sun, despite you staying at home for a couple hours this morning, the sun seems to be just rising over this hill to where the light catches Wisteria Vale in this beautiful light. And just as you see Wisteria Vale over the horizon, there's music that starts to play. The same darn music every single day. No. By the exact same knowing bard that is sitting over on a stone wall not too far from you and he goes why brick wonderful of you to join us today no you're not (laughs) here go away oh but i think you know that i am and this this bard is the most lavishly dressed man in the entire town he is blue eyes great smile i mean just like He's a poster boy for what a bard should be. His teeth literally gleam in the sunlight as the as, as he he smiles and he just laughs and he goes ah. uh, and he strums his little lute that he has. But as he strums, it's not just his lute that's playing. There's like a whole symphony of strings and horns behind him that play the same chord and start to play this progression of music as it builds and builds. And, and he starts to sing the same thing he sings every single day. I angrily mouth the words along with him. 
<laughs> just mockingly. So as he uh, sings, he starts to sing, Adventurer from South, you join us here today. Here in Wisteria Vale, you'll never go away. Boom, boom. And, uh, <laughs> and he starts to walk beside you. And people, despite the hour being like 11 in the morning, people are just beginning their day. <laughs> so, like, they're just coming out, and the baker is, like, coming out with this tray of, like, uh, of buns. And, like, the woman is opening up the window and, like, uh, uh, fanning out um, a rug or, like, some laundry. You did that yesterday. I'm pretty sure it's still clean. Please join us in our town. A glorious gem as the people come to save. And the rest of the (laughs) morning. Definitely the vibes I was going for. Vibes I was going for. And... The, the the morning progresses exactly as the same. You you rush through the streets to get away from this man. We'll call him Terrian. Terrian, the magnificent. You could call me Terry for short, as he stated. That's a woman's name. <laughs> Not where I'm from, friend. You little prissy pants. <laughs> And these are just little vignettes that you've had with him uh, over the months. Every single time he gets you into an honest conversation, he just shares. uh, And and I imagine like this is where we cut to multiple days of the week to where he go. uh, He just asks simple questions. and He goes, you know, I've never seen your eyes before, Brick. And uh, you rebuttal him with 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 a with a curse or or things like that, and and just that's been your life. That has been your life here in Wisteria Vale, where Terry Ann just tortures you, but at the same time comforts you. He doesn't leave you to rot. He and and Mortar, you've had your run in with Terry Ann as well, to where he, you've you've been grieving about your your flowers. So he actually comes to your little hovel. Not very many people actually come to your hovel. It's it's sort of like a place of sanctity, unless you invite them. And Terry Ann has come to lament with you, much to my chagrin. <laughs> and not recalling that there was a garden there previously, but Mortar, you being a sensitive soul, he, of course, I'll sing a little a sonnet, or I'll sing a ballad for you in your hard efforts. Mortar, what is it today? As he uh, comes to you uh, another day and, and, and describes, and you describe how you were halfway through the renovations and the, just the rebirth happened again. And you found a friend in Terry Ann from time to time, Mortar. He, he's been someone that you can rely on, a shoulder to cry on, so to speak. And you, you don't understand why Brick is so fed up with him. I don't approve in your choice of friends. Oh, please, Brick, just this one. Yes, Brick, just this one. All right, but I'm plugging my ears with my hair. Oh, well, I'll... I can sing loud enough to get through any of your earmuffs. And then he goes into this 80s rock ballad about your lost renovation. We jumped all over the place. We were we were going, we were experiencing your life, Brick, as you these are all flashing through your mind as you're walking through the town. You've you've ran past Terry to this to the blacksmith, and the blacksmith, as you walk up, you just hear the rhythmic king, king, king. King, and it's exactly rhythmic all day long. It doesn't change rhythm whatsoever unless you go in to interrupt them. So as you go in, you see another dwarf. King, king, and this dwarf is uh, blonde, yellowed hair. Also, uh, also strangely has blue eyes and uh, hair very nice. No hair is out of place, even though. He works at a in a kiln and a blacksmith all days long. His hair is pristine. His clothes are have the same three smudge marks on him. King, king, and you can walk up and interact with this dwarf. <clears throat> well, um, hello there, Glasham. How goes the work today? Ah, and uh, Glasham turns immediately and like, 
almost like very quickly drops the mallet and goes, Ah, well met, traveler. Good to see you here. How can I help you today? And as he does, he just has like this smile on him as he like sways back and forth, like looking at you, like with just this uh, painted on smile, very much like... Uh, he does this every single time. It's like the animatronics in It's a Small World. Kind of, actually. Kind of, yeah. And if you don't respond, like if you just stand there and groan, he goes, Why? Mighty fine sword you have there. It, it's a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> and just sways back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. Back and forth. Oh, boy. Not again. So, waiting for some sort of prompt, but this is the same blacksmith that you had... Uh, what was his name again? Glasham? Yeah, with a G. Glasham. This is the same blacksmith that you commissioned to make your armor for you, and this is the fifth time that you've commissioned it, uh, and unfortunately, it's disappeared, like, as it's just... You go every single day, and you get the same status report. I'll have it in a day. I'll have it in two weeks. I'll have it in a week, you know? But yesterday, he said for sure he'd have it in a day. And if anything, this man is consistent as he just sways back and forth as you're staring at him. So you prompt him about the arm, and he goes, Ah, yes, it wasn't easy. I had to use my finest materials. And he goes over to... A bench which he actually hasn't done this before for you this is a brand new cutscene. i mean brand new action if you will this is new morty he's never done this before come here i want you to see this mortar hears it yep absolutely it's only a hundred feet away at the top of his lungs mortar you rush Terry, as you're running up, Mortar. Ah, well met, adventurer. He tries to go into the beginning mantra as you crest over the hill as well, but you just rush right past him. Not today! As uh, Mortar walks in, um, he blasts him. He goes over to the chest that he has, and he opens it up, and there's this really finely crafted armor in front. And he goes... I had to use my finest materials here, but anything for a hero of Wisteria Vale. And he does this weird eyebrow thing as he says Wisteria Vale, like uh, eyebrows. And uh, he just stands there holding his hand open in front of the box, expectant for you to go over and pick it up. Hurry, hurry, do it quickly, Brick. Quickly. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And I rush over and I get my set of dwarven plate armor. All right. And as you do, you like feel this sigh of relief and like a wind blows through both of your hair as you do that. And whenever something becomes more permanent, at least in your hovel, that's the same sort of feeling and sensation that you get. And so you feel, oh, you've oh, got it. Yes. And I'm admiring it in the sunburst motifs over, uh, lots of it is, you know, pretty plain, you know, dark grays and blacks and browns and things like that, except for the, the sunburst across it in various places, you know, at the top of the the plate boots and and on the shoulders and in the center of the chest just this beautiful sunburst uh like the the symbol of our goddess that we worship excellent so this is a sunburst motif throughout the entire um uh set here and mortar you're just in tears the garden is there the armor's finally been commissioned it's it's just rebirth not today but in a way, it is another type of rebirth, with finally a new item being acquired. It's a good day, Morty. Like you said, sobbing. Like, the tears are drenching his fur, and he's holding back the forehead fur that was covering his eyes, just holding it back so it doesn't get wet, pulling it, you know, on top of his forehead by his horns, and he just says, Brick, this is the first time you got something for yourself to keep. And he just, you deserve it. And he's just bawling. You see a few tears dripping off the end of my red nose into my beard to dissolve there. And, and 
<laughs> yep. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for encouraging me to keep coming back and keep putting in the order because I wouldn't have done it if it weren't for you. That's just like you taught me. <laughs> the rebirth always comes. <gasps> Thank you, Lathander. And then out of nowhere, the tears stop. He, like, completely changes, stands up really quickly and says, We shall celebrate at the big mansion. Today's the day. And he rushes out. I'm feeling it too, buddy. We've never gotten there. Yeah, yeah indeed. Wisteria Vale is a very much uh, a people's town to where people are milling about doing their work, uh, going about their everyday business, which, it, it, you know, when you were bored for a couple months, you actually mapped out their entire routine as well. And so you know some of like, Oh, they're gonna go there, and then they go there, and 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 then the water spills on their knee, and you know they pick, and so you're, you're able to quickly navigate. Although it's a bustling street, and there are people walking through, both of you have timed it so perfectly. You just like walk through the wagons, and you like dodge around like the children that are running by, and uh, things like that. Thomas, during this, I have this special belt that on the back of it has like this almost like a lip to the back of it where it's maybe four inches that comes back and there's these hooks on the side and all of a sudden while they're running Mordor's gonna turn and say we can use this today and he picks up Brick and puts him to the back to his back and Brick's new armor clicks into that belt so it's kind of like a standing saddle like a baby carrier. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wants okay. to bolt through the crowd with Brick, like, riding him. <laughs> Letting the wind blow through my beard and my tangly hair, you can see a bit more of my face with the speed we're picking up. <laughs> All right. So with this unique baby carrier that both of you have fashioned to be used uh, with this newly acquired armor. You rush through uh, Wisteria Vale to the outskirts, kind of the outskirts. Well, hold on, before I say that, actually. Give me a second. Yeah, a little bit to the outskirts. It's away from the marketplace to the northern direction. Um, It's near the edge of the woods, but this is the manor. It's not quite a castle, but it might as well be a mansion compared to all the other hovels and stores and shops that you've got around here. And uh, as you walk up, this is a very intricate manor. I mean, it is very nice, and it stands out as the biggest and the most ornate building. It's one of the only two-story tall buildings and it's made of white stone that seems to gleam when the light catches it. And as you both walk up, Terry's there at the manor himself, going, Oh, adventurers, here to admire the majestic beauty of the manor. He goes into the same exact mantra that he does every single time you enter. He slowly like, has his own pattern as he goes through this monologue, slowly touching and like tracing some of the white stone they say this white stone came from all of all the way to the north, past the majestic forest, to where only the most noble of workers were able to craft it and coax it from the mountain. Out of character, M- Mortar takes his hand and puts it over Terry's face and just shoves him. <laughs> As you put it over his face and goes, they say that and he just down into the ground. And as we go past, I'll yell, not today, Terry the Platypus. We're going inside. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that because when Thomas was describing me waking up, all I saw was Doofensmirt's robot who like punches a hole in the wall when he wakes up and then puts his bed over it so you can't see Norm. It. Yes, Norm. Oh, no. Oh, so oh, shout out to Phineas and Ferb. Yes. Oh, okay. So as you both oh, walk up to the manor, this, you have tried, both of you have been here for five years in Wisteria Vale. And during the five years, 
you have never been able to make it into the manor for some strange reason. And it wasn't just the rebirth because the rebirth only happened a year ago. But for some strange reason, even the four years prior to that, your entrance and trying to get into the manor itself has been halted every single time. You go up to the doors. It's locked. You knock. The door opens and you're rebuffed. You try to break the door down. You, As soon as you break it, you enter in and then immediately get thrust out into the road. And there's just blackness as you look into the windows. You can't quite see what's inside. It's very odd. It's very magical, if you will. You know that it's not something that you've been able to make your way past. This is the one place in Wisteria Vale that has been a secret to you the entire five years that you've been here. But you have acquired a new item. There's something permanent that has been made in Wisteria Vale. And so this is a wonderful opportunity and chance for you to try getting into the manor yet again. Murder, if there was ever a day that we could get inside, it's today. We've got a garden. We've got some armor. We can do this, buddy. And Terry in the dirt face down. And only those that have been invited to... Just continuing his monologue and his mantra. So you come to the front doors and I imagine, Mortar, you just go and you seize the two uh, knobs that are there to twist and push the doors open, yes? Yes. As you grab both the handles and you push inwards all of your strength. You will need everything, but you are so confident and you push. (sighs) And the doors are locked again. I am taking out my great axe. Ooh. (laughs) Describe this great axe to us. This great axe is really tall. It's about, I mean, it's half of my height if not more. I hold it double-handed. On the bottom, it has this really ornate orb that almost looks like it's gold of some sort wrapped around, and then it's like wrapped around the bottom into this orb, and then it almost looks like a snake coiled. And then at the top is just this beautiful great axe that looks in pristine condition. Okay, excellent. So if I'm understanding the hilt, like most of the shaft is straight, but then there's a little bit at the bottom near the orb that is wavy but stiff. Is that is that right? So I'm envisioning like it's almost like the staff of it, right? And then the very bottom, there's a wrap of metal that starts to go down and then the metal forms this orb at the bottom. Oh, okay. So the orb itself is like... Uh, a snake coiled into a orb. Yes, at the bottom of the hilt. Cool. Excellent. Okay, that's cool. All right, you got your great axe. I imagine you want to do some damage here. Yes, but I'm going to turn to Brick and say, we have to do this together, brother. All right, so from on top of my uh, my baby carrier mount here, I'm going to whip out my warhammer. Okay, and what does your Warhammer look like here? This is a fallen Star Warhammer that uh, was made from a fallen meteorite. Um, So lots of it is just dark black, you know, the metal that fell from the sky, but there are veins of gold that shine through it. Excellent. And both of you attack, You whether you're in the baby carrier and you can attack that way, but both of you... Uh, you get out, and as you walk up to the door, I imagine you're quite upset. Quite upset, yeah? I would like to rage. Oh. Me too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are times for worship, and there are times for holy rage, and both of you go into a rage, and using your reckless attack feature, both of you can roll an attack with advantage. Okay, so Mortar, what did you get? 27. Okay, and Brick, what did you get? All right, that is a modded 20. 
Oh, so we got a 27 and a modded 20. Both of you screaming as uh, you use your zealot cries to the sky. In sync, both of you. Go ahead and roll damage. 11. All right, I did 13 damage. 13 from brick, 11 from mortar. And just like a brick and mortar, solid attack combined perfectly in sync. Both of you... Boom, and the door cracks and it splinters underneath your attack. You, with your barbarians, you both get an extra attack as well whenever you take the attack action. And it was reckless, so both of you roll again with advantage to try and attack. Oh, crap. <laughs> That's a 19 to hit for brick. Okay, and mortar. Non-natural 20. All right, a 19 out of 20. This one, the rage is a little lessened, but with you working both syn- uh, in sequence with each other or sy- synchronously together, that's a word, that's an d- adjective, you can both roll damage again. Oh my gosh! Nine damage. 13 damage again. Okay. So for a total of... Oh, what was that? 24 plus 37 plus 46 damage in six seconds. It splinters and then it just implodes. You you get the second splinter in their uh, uh, mortar, but then Brick, you use your, uh, you swing your hammer above and, and it cracks inward and the door explodes inward into the manor and the doorway is open towards you. This has happened before. And the and you just see into the manor darkness. You just see darkness in front of you. And you know every time before you ran into the darkness and you were kicked out, you were thrust out. There was no rebirth, but you were thrown out and there was some damage done to you, but this is your day. This is your day. So I am actually going to get in a crawling position so it looks even more like Brick is riding me now. Okay. (laughs) It's okay, buddy. I'm going to have my axe in one hand and my non-dominant hand to hit into the ground to pull me and then I'm just going to scrape with my other hand. So I'm going in slow in a crawling position this time. Okay, so you were slowly and cautiously making your way into the darkness, into the manor, right? Yes, and trying to be able to, like, stick to the floor. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, so as you slowly, you're, you're, you're gripping and you're like, I will not get thrown out of this place. You make your way little by little by little and into the darkness. And the light behind you gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and as you just slowly go forward try not to make any noise you hear it echoing through the cave um you two again you wish to enter my palace i see another time And this voice you have heard this voice every single time you've tried to enter this voice has spoken to you, but they have not used the same dialogue similar to Terry or Glasham or any of the others. They, it's always been unique. Mortar is just, like, paused, hoping he doesn't get spotted, even though he knows he has been. He's just quiet and like, oh, just sitting there, like Kronk, kind of. <laughs> you think you can hide from me by simply stopping, you big old oaf? <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. And I jump off of Mortar's back and I use my once a day ability with my hammer and I strike the ground. Oh, what's this ability? Uh, I can strike the ground and do my regular damage to all enemies within 30 feet of me. And it's an action to do it, right? Yes, sir. Excellent. So instead of attacking, you strike the ground and... Uh, Go and roll damage, sir. That is 15 damage. 15. Was any of it psychic? Uh, No, just uh, bludgeoning and force damage. Oh, okay. 
As you do 15 damage, you feel the shockwave, and both of you actually, you can see the darkness start to ripple away from you, and you see this tiny pocket of light start to open up around you. But then just as soon as like the shockwave like stops, it clings to you again, and all you can see are your own bodies and each other, and the voice, <laughs> you think that you can enter in here just willy-nilly? Be gone with you! And this is, this is constant, as it says, be gone with you, both of you feel just, and just get thrown out of the manor, <laughs> and you sail as you sail out of the manor door into the air, magically Terry is sailing beside you. <laughs> oh no! As he's laying in, uh, so like floating, laying in a, uh, laying down like in the sky, and he goes, Danger is near, danger is now, you're falling to the ground and it's gonna be ow. This is like Brick's personal hell. <laughs> oh, it really is. It really is. And uh, as bold as Brick, you are sailing with your arms folded and just not like trying to catch yourself, just like more upset than anything. Mortar is actually gonna kind of grapple him from behind as he's sailing so he can take the force of the fall. <laughs> and as you do, I need you both to roll me a dexterity saving throw. As you come careening down to the ground. Now, as barbarians, both of you have what's called danger sense. So, whenever you see a danger coming near that is, you can see it coming, you can roll dexterity saving throws with advantage specifically. But that's only dexterity saving throws, so it's not like constitution or strength or whatever. That's a 19 dexterity save for brick. Well done. And mortar. 12. 12. Excellent. So, Brick, you save on this, probably because you're being uh, held by Mortar, and you use his cushiony body and fur to take the brunt of the force, but Mortar, you do fail this thro uh, saving throw. Both of you, you're being tossed through the air, literally across town, over the shops, over the flowers, right in front of your hovel here. Mortar, you take... 12 points of bludgeoning damage and uh, Brick, you take half of that. Now, if you were raging, you would take half of that but since there was some sneaking going on, you couldn't persist in rage, so you take the full brunt of that. But Terry seems to just magically float to the ground and as he gets close to the ground his feet just alight next to you and go, my my you definitely do not seem that you are welcome there, if I may say so. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, Terry. You are not welcome here. And just as you're about to lay into Terry, <laughs> punch him out, whatever, both of you can see coming out of the woods something new. <gasps> what? You see three humanoids walking out of the woods, not too far from your hovel. And these individuals are an odd combination of people, but you see a half-orc, one you have, and you've not seen half-orcs in a long, long, long time, at least five years since you were trapped into this uh, story here. You see a female half-orc, and you see a seemingly small elf, and the only reason why you know they're an elf, despite their dark clothing and this really bright yellow intricate scarf are the pointed ears coming out peeking out of their hair and probably the most interesting sight you see is a red kobold walking out of the forest next to them a kobold being smaller than you brick but wearing this sort of tied up fleece around their uh, sort of a kigamaru style if you will and they're only about 50 feet away from where you are. And Terry turns to both of you and goes, Oh, well, you better go greet our new adventurers. Bring, ring. Mortar is, like, mortified because he has fought each one of those races in the 
arena before. And he he is freaked out. He thinks it's the dead coming back. <laughs> and he falls to the ground and goes, The manor man has found them! And just shields his head. And with that, we will end this bonus episode of iCast Fireball. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, we started out to do a week and we did half a morning. <laughs> that's okay. It's just all been the same, pretty much. I was going to say, that's how yeah, we I mean, feel every day. We start yeah. out to do something. <laughs> there you go. Every single day that happens. Oh, what fun. Heather and Caleb, thanks for joining. I'm so glad that we are getting you in on this leg of the adventure here. And how many episodes that is, listeners, you'll just have to find out. But just really appreciate uh, just what fun it was to explore more about Mortar and Brick and see what their everyday is and what the everyday of Wisteria Vale is with Terry and with this mysterious figure in the manor, if you will. I hate that guy. (laughs) Well, I think we'll about wrap that and we'll see both of you on the next episode. Awesome. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you so much. Well, everybody, thank you again for listening to this week's bonus episode of I Cast Fireball. What I dub, I almost cast Fireball. (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as the three of us have enjoyed playing. It's nice to get new faces, new characters, and just new ideas going into this wacky little side adventure that we've got going on here from wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. Not only does it help us know that you like what we're doing, but it boosts our ratings and gets us into other people's recommended feeds so that other people can discover the amazing baby carrier that Mortar and Brick use to charge into a manor. Well, if you want to write something a little bit longer than a review, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com, and we'd love to shout you out on a future bonus episode or regular episode here. I know we've uh, had a couple people reach out through Instagram, uh, a couple reviews somewhat recently, and we just would love to keep that going and moving forward. And as always, if you got fan art, shoot them our way. Maybe you can be the artist to define how brick and mortar look um, with both of their covered up eyes. Now to get the most recent up-to-date content, as always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20, and there you can get sneak peeks of us coming up with this fun world of Wisteria Vale. I know that we actually homebrewed a few magic items here that you'll see in a few upcoming episodes, and so you'll want to stay tuned for some of that here for both maybe Brick or was it Mortar? Who knows? You got to check us out on those uh, social medias there. As always, we've got our wonderful sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, in which Caleb is actually a rotating cast member as well. Um, you can listen to him in his wonderful adventures, go back to all the way to the beginning where he plays a Velociraptor in Jurassic Bake Off. It's a wonderful time if you've never heard Improv Tabletop, or it's just been a while since you listened to that. Go back and give it a listen. It's super fun, and they use the Fate Accelerated Tabletop system. So we recommend that you go give them a listen, and don't forget to give them a five-star review as well. Lastly, before we sign off, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around this table, we have... Mortar Gunaman and Brick. Well, let's keep that fire going, and we'll see all of you next time.